Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, we have some important things to get into. John chapter 7. And the Lord has had me teaching along these lines. Uh, This is actually part two of this. We're calling it Skilled in the Flow. Skilled in the Flow. Now, if you've been with us on Wednesday nights, we've been ministering on uh, what the Spirit says. You may have been watching us online, but what the Spirit says. And where that came from was uh, I was talking to a, a lady and she made a statement about what somebody, what she had heard that somebody had said about different things in the world. And right here, the Holy Spirit said, but what did the Spirit say? Because when you go through the New Testament, the epistles, you go through the four Gospels, it is not inferred, it is directly stated that the Holy Spirit, Paul said the Spirit will speak expressly. Uh, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will speak specifics. Uh, When you look in Acts chapter 9, for instance, uh, Paul on the road to Damascus, and he had that tremendous experience. The Holy Spirit told him where to go, where to be. When when, uh, Ananias heard the voice of the Spirit, he told him where Paul was, what street he was on, whose house he was in, and what he was praying. Amen. Because the Spirit speaks expressly. And so there are, when we look in the Word of God, we see different flows of the Holy Spirit. The job of the believer is to become skilled in those flows. Amen. My my level of skill where the Holy Spirit is concerned is absolutely crucial to my success as a believer. Crucial. It is more important, not just because of what the season that the world may be facing, the last days. Folks, we're facing what we're facing because we're in the last days. The Bible said in the last days these things would happen. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, He started all of those teachings off with this phrase, Do not be deceived. Let no man deceive you. Well, listen to me. It is impossible for you not to be deceived if you have not become skilled in the flow. It's impossible. It's impossible. Why? Because if I'm not working and becoming skillful in the flow of the Holy Spirit, tuning my ear. You know, if a stranger calls you on the phone and you pick up the phone and it's a stranger, what do you say? Who is this? Why? You don't know their voice. You're not skilled in recognizing them. But if someone calls that you've been talking to for 30 years, you don't need to ask who is this. You know who it is. There are voices you know because you're skilled in responding to them. Right? So over here in the book of John, 
chapter 7. Whoo, glory. You can just start this message off with this. Say, that's the best preacher i ever heard in my life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And Steve used to say, he's the only one I've ever heard. Amen. (laughs) I tell you, it's good to hear that voice in church, isn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. God's good to us. John chapter 7 and verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now what we're dealing with in the scene that we have here is the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you'll remember, Jesus went up to the Feast of Tabernacles and he went up secretly. And each day during the Feast of Tabernacles, the priest would bring water. And he would bring water uh, 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 from the pool of Siloam to the temple. All right, that, that, that water from Siloam flowed under the temple. And each, each day that priest would get a container, a pitcher, and he would get a pitcher of water and he would bring it to the temple in a golden picture. And during the procession, the people quoted Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3. With joy, they'll draw water out of the wells of salvation. And, and, and one writer said this, that if you had never seen, if you had not seen the rejoicing at this season, then you didn't know what rejoicing was. Because they were dancing and, 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 and shouting in the streets and, and with joy, they were bringing this. And it was symbolic of the flow of the Spirit. The water would be poured out on the altar as a drink offering to God while the people shouted and sang. And Jesus stood up in this this electric, charged, joyful atmosphere. And He stands up and it's like He gets everybody's attention and at the top of His voice He says, If you're thirsty, come to Me. Hallelujah. And what will happen is a flow will start in your life. There is a flow, a Holy Spirit flow, for every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. Jesus mentions, and I'll give you these verses, we're not going to turn to each of them, we're going to teach on all of them in the upcoming weeks. But Jesus said that the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit would be rivers that would flow from our spirits. King James says belly. Belly, and and when Jesus taught, there were two terms that were indicative of the heart uh, uh, or the spirit of man, heart and belly, and they both mean your inmost beings. And he said out of his spirit would flow rivers of water. Now there are seven different things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. Or I like to say seven different flows. And I'll give you them with the scripture reference. And you can write them down, look at them on your own time. We'll be teaching on them. First of all, in John 14, 26, he said he would teach us all things. Teach us all things. In that same verse, John 14, 26, he said he would bring to remembrance, our remembrance, what is taught. Bring all things to your remembrance. In uh, John 16, 8, 
He said that the Holy Spirit would reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Reprove the world. Not the believer. We, 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 we got to recognize our terms. Very, very often, I'll, I'll hear believers say, well, the Holy Spirit convicted me. No, He didn't. The Holy Spirit convicts the, the world of sin. John said that once you're born again, it is your heart that convicts you. Why? Because now God can deal with me in my spirit. Amen. Now, now of course, that's, a, that's another teaching. But so in John 16, 13, he said he would guide us into all truth. In that same verse, he said he will speak what he hears. In that same verse, it says he will show us things to come. And then finally in John 16, 14, it said that he would glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. Now, what we want to focus on today is found in John 16, 13. Hallelujah. Because of all the names that Jesus used concerning the Holy Spirit, the one He used the most was the Spirit of Truth. That's the one He used the most. He called Him a comforter, but the one He used the most was the Spirit of Truth. Now, the reason this is so important is because as believers, we have the Spirit of Truth residing in us. I have the Spirit of Truth within me. Say that out loud. I have... The Spirit of Truth within me. Now this is important. Because, listen, I was raised a classic Pentecostal. And, and when I say that, I mean, I mean old-time Pentecost. You know, we, we, we could have had a sign on our front lawn that said Pentecost as it should be. Right? And uh, uh, <laughs> with all the excesses that went along with that. But uh, we were big on speaking in tongues and big on manifestations. What we weren't big on was being led. Amen. People went a lot by feeling. I feel. They had to be led by dreams and words, not by the inward witness. Hallelujah. I'm not knocking my upbringing. I'm, I'm glad for it. But, right? I mean, we put out fleeces and got fleeced. Right? Y'all know what a fleece is, right? Lord, if it's your will that I do this, let three red cars drive by on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. and honk twice. And sometimes that would happen. Not necessarily that real example. Well, the enemy is manipulating that. Right? When I have the spirit of truth residing in me, there's no need to look for an outward manifestation when I have the Spirit of truth in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Hagen told the story one time uh, about a, a certain meeting that was going on in a town. And a man that he knew that was a very able Bible teacher, had been a Bible teacher for a number of years, he took his Bible group to hear this man that was teaching. And the man said something. He said, uh, you know... Uh, while I was in that meeting, he said, some of the things he said, you know, they just weren't sitting right with me. And he said, but I kept taking my Bible group there. 
And he said, finally, about two weeks. Everybody say two weeks. <laughs> two weeks of a man with the spirit of truth residing in him. He took his Bible group and let him sit under wrong teaching for two weeks. And he said, finally, the man said something. And it, it was so far from the Bible, I had to talk to him about it. And I said, look, that's not in the Bible. And he said, oh, you mean that thing? He said, yeah. He said, oh, I'm way out beyond that thing. Well, how many know if you've got the spirit of truth within you and you run into somebody that's way out beyond the Bible, well, they're too far out. And you know what? He lost the largest part of his Bible group because he said, well, I'm, I'm pulling you all out of here. And they said, no, we're not going. Because he'd let him sit under that wrong teaching. You know what's interesting? There was a lady that was in that Bible group and she had only been saved six months. Knew very little about the things of God. But after one meeting, she told him, she said, I'm not going back. He said, why not? She said, something's just not right in here. Something's not right about what he's saying. And she never went back. Born again, six months. Here's a very able Bible teacher, been teaching the Word 20, 25 years, and he sits under it for two weeks. What does that mean? If you'll listen to the Spirit of truth, He'll always talk to you. He'll always impress you about what you should do and where you should go and whether you should be somewhere. Because He is the Spirit of truth. He doesn't possess truth. He is truth. He is the embodiment of truth. The Holy Spirit wrote the Word of God. That's why John 17, 17 can say the Word is truth because it was authored by truth. If a man wrote it, it could or could not be true. But the Bible says that holy men of God put down on paper what the Holy Spirit told them. This is important because there are people that don't understand the enemy wants to question the Word of God and when he does, he's causing you to question truth. And when you start questioning truth, you have no answer. Amen. And that's why you'll see people, they'll get involved in other things. And it can even be spiritual activities. And they'll get involved in it. And it won't produce any answers. And they'll leave that and go to something else. And leave that and go to something else. Because only truth, only the spirit of truth has the ability to forever change. Because it's truth. Amen. So John 16 and 13 Look at the first verse, the first line. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come? He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of Himself, but whatever He hears, that will He speak, and He will show you things to come. For a believer to be deceived, they have to override the Spirit of truth. Have to. In whatever area. Amen. The Spirit of truth, notice what it says, He will guide us into all truth. Now why? That's His job. Every part of the triune Godhead has a job. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They each have a job. They're all God, but they all have different assignments. Amen. 
The Father has turned all authority, all rule, all reign over to the Son for the time being. Paul said in Corinthians, he said there will come a day when Jesus will turn all power and all authority back to the Father. Amen. Well, God the Son has a job that He's operating in right now. The primary job of God the Son, Jesus, is to be the intercessor and the mediator between God and man. That's His job right now. God the Father and God the Son are not in the earth. But God the Holy Spirit has a job. That is to be the Spirit of truth. He is in the earth. He's in the earth in the believer, and He's in the earth reproving the world of sin, reproving the world of righteousness, and reproving the world of judgment. But they all have a job. The Spirit of truth, His job is outlined to us. It says, notice, that He will not speak of Himself. The reason that He is guiding us into all truth is he's not speaking of or from himself. This is so important. No part of the Godhead operates independently of the other parts. They can't. When you look through the the four Gospels, Jesus was interdependent on the Father and the Spirit. Over and over again. Jesus could not begin his earthly ministry without the Holy Spirit. Why, Pastor? Because without the Holy Spirit, He was just a man. Oh, He was Jesus. Yes, He was. He was Jesus. But was He flesh, blood, and bone? Does the Bible say He was tempted in all points like as are we, yet without sin? How was it that He overcame sin? He relied on the Spirit of truth. Jesus didn't know everything. Oh, Pastor, He didn't know everything. If Jesus knew everything and just had an innate knowledge of everything from the time He was born to the time He died, He would have been an unfair, unrealistic example to us on how to rely on God. Jesus could tell us how to rely on the Spirit and to rely on the Father because He had to rely on the Spirit and He had to rely on the Father. Amen. Do you see that? And so Jesus was reliant on the Father and on the Spirit, all throughout the Scriptures. Amen. Interdependence. And so when Jesus ascended, He told the disciples, you'll remember, He said, I'm going to send you another comforter. The word another means one like in kind to me. Hallelujah. Well, how is He one like in kind to Him? When Jesus was on the earth, He comforted the disciples. He helped lead them and guide them and direct them. Is that right? When the Holy Spirit came into into the earth and came into the disciples in the upper room, He became another comforter just like Jesus was. The word comforter in the Greek is the word para, P-A-R-L, kletos. One called alongside to help. It's where we get our term for a a para in in a school. They're one that assists the teacher. They help. They're, They're not the teacher, but they help the teacher. The Holy Spirit is our comfort. He's our helper. He's our guide. Sent By the Father. Why? 
because He had to take the Son. So He sent us the Spirit of truth. Amen. Glory be to God. So the reason He will guide us into all truth is He's not speaking of or from Himself. This is so important. What's He speaking? What He hears. From who? The Father and the Son. Listen, when I was, when I was a, a young boy, uh, I remember when satellite dishes became popular. Now, I've got those of, of an age in here that uh, you think a satellite dish is about this big around. You don't know satellite dishes. <laughs> Amen. We used to not have satellite dishes took up the whole backyard. I mean, we never had one, but we had friends that had them, right? And, and I mean, you had to have a motor on the thing. And if you wanted to turn around, right? Well, what did that satellite dish do? Satellite dish. There was a satellite in space that transmitted a signal to the receiver on that dish and the wire from that dish ran into your home and presented that signal on your TV. Right? Every born-again believer has a spiritual satellite dish on the inside of you called the Spirit of Truth. Everything the Father says, He's transmitting it to you if you're listening. So God, who knows the end from the beginning, that knows the beginning of your days and the end of your days, every hour, second, day, week, month, year in between, and will communicate to you everything that you need to know if you just tune in to the Spirit of Truth. Amen. Well, I don't want to make a mistake, Pastor. Tune in to the Spirit of Truth. Because He's always speaking. He's always talking. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is my direct link to the Father. I have a direct link to the throne room. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It bothers me when I hear believers, especially mature believers, say, I don't know what to do. It bothers me. Not in a condemning fashion. How is that? I have the answer. Inside of me, I have a divine genius. Amen. Do do you see this? I have a divine genius on the inside of me. I can know all things. Why? Scripture says, He'll reveal to me all things. Now think about it. What do you need to know? There's an answer. Hallelujah. I've taught you for years that one of the greatest things that you can do is become intimate with the Holy Spirit. You've got to know His voice. You've got to know His leadings. Why? Because He's trying to tell you things. Not just things that will preserve you as far as safety goes. Directions, leadings, promptings, guidings, when to do something, when not to do it. Amen. We, we've talked about this a lot lately. When to start a business. When to, when to go into business for yourself. What to do. 
That those things may seem elementary, but that's the spirit of truth. Who's he hearing from? The Father. Not making it up on his own. Amen. He's not, he's not deciding what to do because that's what he thinks. The Holy Spirit is the communication arm of the Godhead. He communicates to you what he hears. You have ears in the throne room. In the very presence of God. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. There's no time that the Holy Spirit is not hearing what the Father says. So that means there's no time that I can't know. If I want to know. Amen. Are you following me? But here's something. You can't spend your time listening to the spirit of the world and expect the spirit of truth to have a clear avenue into your life. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But think about this for a moment. If, if you can put this somehow and see it, in the throne room is your representative Jesus. Now we have a very clear understanding on that. I can enter in boldly and receive grace to help me in a time of need. Isn't that great? But also on whatever, wherever he's at in the throne room is the communications arm. Hallelujah. And the father looks over and says, hey, take a note. I got this in plan for Rick. Tell him what I'm saying. Hallelujah. And Rick might wake up one morning and say, hmm, Janet, you know, I just, I sensed in my spirit that this is the direction we need to go. He just received a communication from the throne room. Think about it that way. That came from God. Directly into His Spirit. Because that's where the Spirit of truth resides. Your spirit is a closed system. Now you're an IT man, right? You know about closed systems. Right? Things that viruses can't get into. It, isn't that why? In the, now I don't know all the ins and outs, so if, if, if I mess it up, just laugh at me. But in the IT world... You do a lot of focus on making sure that system can't be violated. Is that right? Because why? There's information flowing through those systems. And the more doors you have into that system, the more likely it is for there to be a leak, a breach, some way for an outside entity to violate that system. The blood of Jesus, according to the Apostle Paul, sealed you. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of that sealing. When I receive the Holy Spirit, it, He is evidence that my spirit is sealed. Amen. The enemy has nothing to do with my spirit. He can't reach my spirit. He can't touch my spirit. It's a sealed system. That's why when the Holy Spirit deals with you, He won't talk here, and He won't talk here, and He won't talk here. He'll talk right here. Because that's a sealed system. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? It's, it's a secure link. And that's why the more you become accustomed to what He says, 
And the more you become acclimated to the way He speaks, the safer you are. The more wisdom you have, the more victory you'll walk in because I have a direct link to the Father. Direct link. Amen. Jesus said, look at John 8, 26. John 8, 26. And we'll read through verse 28. Am I helping you this morning? Jesus said, I have many things to say and judge of you, but he that sent me is true. Now, I want you to see something here. He that sent me is true. Now, put it all together. Where did the spirit of truth come from? The Father. What is the Father? True. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Now, hang on. Can you go back to that? Where did Jesus hear those things of him from? The Holy Spirit. Why? The Father could not deal with Jesus in a different manner than He deals with you in. He had to deal with us through the Spirit of truth. He had to deal with Jesus through the Spirit of truth. Uh, Next verse, please. Uh, Next part of it. They understood not that He spake unto them of the Father. Verse 28. Then Jesus said, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, you shall know I am He. And that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me. How did He teach Him? Through the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of truth. I speak these things. What things? Those things I heard. From who? The Holy Ghost. Next one please. And He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please Him. How did He know what pleased God? The Holy Spirit. How do you know what pleases God? The Holy Spirit. Do do you know that's why rules and regulation and legalism is so detrimental? Because it violates the leading of the Holy Spirit. You get over into legalism and you start following rules and regulations and legalistic principles, you violate the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you into what's right. There are people under the sound of my voice here. When you got born again, nobody had to tell you there were certain things you needed to quit doing. You sensed it in your spirit that there were things you needed to quit doing, and you just quit. Who taught you that? Who told you that? Who revealed that to you? The Spirit of truth. In our churches, if we will come to a more firm, complete reliance on the Spirit of truth, we'll see much more victory. Amen. I had a couple one time that came to the church. And uh, when they came to the church, they were living together uh, uh, in sin. They weren't married. And, uh, 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 boy, they got radically saved, you know, just gloriously saved. And, uh, uh, I mean, he, you know, it just came straight out of the world. And uh, uh, I had an elder in the church at the time. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to them about this. And I said, no, you're not. You're going to leave them to the Holy Ghost. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, but didn't they need to know they were living wrong? They were living wrong. They found out Amen. by the Holy Spirit. And you know what he did? He just brought it in so nice. And I remember the night the guy came to me and he said, Pastor, he said, uh, 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 I just I sense that, that me and my fiance were not living right by living together, sleeping together. I said, Yeah. Okay. 
He said, now we can't afford to move out because we fashioned our life together. He said, but here's what I'm going to promise you. I'm going to be on the couch and she's going to be in the bedroom and, and we're, not, we're not going to get into that sinful stuff anymore. Amen. We're, we're not going to be intimate with each other till we get married and can do it God's way. Nobody said anything to them about that. Who did? Spirit of truth. What was he doing? Guiding them into all truth. The danger with legalism is not... Listen, I've taught this for years. It's not just grace and law. It's what trying to bring people under legalism produces. It produces in them a reliance on their own abilities and a lack of reliance on the ability of the Holy Spirit. And when you go too far the other way, you produce in people this mindset that everything's okay and the Holy Spirit won't convict me of anything or, or, or deal with my heart about anything. He will... If you'll listen, the only reason why I don't need to be under the law is I have the spirit of truth on the inside of me. Without the spirit of truth, I need the law to tell me what's right or wrong. With the spirit of truth, I know what's right or wrong because he wrote the law. Amen. But people argue about grace or law. Hey, brother, we're not under law. We're under grace. Right. And we're filled with the spirit. You should live holier under grace than you did under law. Your life should be cleaner under grace than it ever could have been under law. Why? Because you have the spirit of truth. Amen. Amen. But, 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 But people argue about works and legalism. The minute you got born again, the reason for works and legalism went out the window because the Spirit of truth came to reside within you. Isn't that great? Say it out loud. I have the Spirit of truth in me. So Jesus Himself said that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit taught Him. He said there in John 16, 13, He said the Holy Spirit would guide you into, you know, a little smidgen of truth. No? All truth. That means whatever you encounter and you need to know the truth, He knows the answer. Oh, that when you have the spirit of truth in you, whoo, you're, you, you have an upper hand in parenting. Amen. I remember my oldest daughter looked at me one time. She said, Dad, I can't get away with anything. I said, I know. That's the spirit of truth. Now, I wasn't a perfect parent, but I had a perfect helper. Amen. Amen. Oh, did I show those pictures? I did not show me my pictures. Y'all got to see something. Oh, that's my newest grandbaby. And that's, that's Philip James Steele. Amen. I know he looks just like me. There he is again. Hallelujah. Say, so what's this got to the spirit of truth? Nothing. It's just my church. And there they all are. Amen. This, this is uh, uh, Natasha and Harrison and Griffin. Now, Philip James lives in Illinois. And, of course, Liliana the Brave. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so that's the whole family. So you had, I hadn't shown you, bragged on my babies for a while. So there they are. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, there's me and my young-looking wife. Praise the Lord. 
God's good to us. Amen? Where were we? Spirit of truth is guiding us. Right? Guiding us. He said He will guide you. That word means give guidance or to lead or show the way. This is so important because it shows us the attributes of the Holy Spirit. He's not pulling. He's not pushing. He's not jerking. He's showing the way. He's guiding. He's leading. He's he's looking at you and showing you the way. I have to respond. I have to respond. When you hear someone say something like this, well, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me. Well, the issue is, are you responding? When is obedience obedience? When you do it instantly. Right? He said He would lead you and guide you. The divine teacher, the divine guide lives in me. This is our number one defense against error. The spirit of truth. That's your number one defense. Don't ever overlook that that red light. I've had people before say, well, you know, I I got involved with that and something was telling. Isn't it interesting how how many believers refer to the spirit of truth as something? You know, something was telling me. What if you were referring to your spouse talking like that? Well, you know, something was telling me. Something. We might hear... How's that, funny man? (laughs) Something. The Holy Spirit is not a something. He is a person. He's a he. Jesus referred to him with personality traits. Amen. I read a book years ago, many, many, many years ago by Ralph Riggs called The Spirit Himself. Ralph Riggs was a a, a Pentecostal minister from years, years ago. I was uh, taking some classes and uh, 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 we went through the, the teaching on the Holy Spirit. And, and he was the first person that I ever heard really go in, into detail about the personality of the Holy Spirit. And so when people say, you know, something was telling me, that bothers me. Because you don't refer to someone that you're on a personal, intimate level with as something. What did Jesus say about his sheep? He said, they know my voice. And what did he say? What, what, what was the rest of it? My sheep know my voice. They won't follow another voice. Is that right? Are you his sheep? You know his voice then. So that means you won't follow another voice. The number one defense I have against error is the spirit of truth. Because he resides in me. And when I hear error, he'll speak up. Don't ever overlook that red light. I've been around people before, and I had to learn this many years ago. And, and something would come up in me, and it was like this. Something not right. And you know, there were times I would just plunge right in and, and just go ahead. They might be a believer, or they might whatever. And, and, and a couple times I got burnt. Amen. When that comes up right now, After all these years, mm -mm, done, I'm done. Yeah, but what if it's wrong? Can't be wrong, it's the spirit of truth. What if you miss it? I can miss it, but he can't. 
And I've learned that I only miss it up here. I never miss it in here. You're that confident? That confident. Amen. Because when you know His voice, you know His leadings. The Spirit of truth produces within you a sensing and a knowing that no other information can. No other information can. Amen. I've had, I've, I've, I remember one time I had a, a, uh, uh, a couple came to the church. And, uh, you know, y'all heard our praise team today. They're pretty good. And uh, this guy came and he presented his resume to me. And, man, he had done a lot. He had been on Christian TV and he had done all these productions. And he said, you know, I think we can help you. I think we can help your praise team. Well, right here something went off on me. My praise team don't need any help. And I didn't say this to him, but I'm hearing this in the spirit, especially yours. And so here's what I said. I said, well, brother, I'm big on faithfulness. You show up regularly for a few months and we'll see what what the Holy Spirit has. I didn't see him for three weeks. They came back. Well, when can we use our grace gift? Well, brother, I'm big on faithfulness. See, I'm saying... I'm not smarter than anybody else. I'm saying what I'm hearing. And I'm not hearing here. You can be hearing all kinds of wrong things here and hearing the right thing here. And if you'll learn to be led by your spirit instead of by your head, you'll make the right decision even though you're hearing all the wrong things here. Amen. That's why, that's why you've got to be careful about what you're hearing. But here's the point. Now, from now on, after all these years, if something comes up, something's just not right there, I back off. Because something's not right. All all you need is a leading. You don't need a reason. I've had people tell me, give me a reason. No, I'm not going to give you a reason. Just no. I don't need a reason to tell you no. I just need a leading. When, when, am I helping y'all? When, when you're raising your kids, they might say, well, I want to go over to so-and-so's house. And right here, you sense no. Just say no. Yeah, but they're going to want a reason. No is enough. And you might have to set them down and say, no, honey, I'm just telling you, I'm sensing this in my spirit that you don't need to go. And so, because of what I'm sensing, and the fact that you're still under my care, I'm telling you, no. Amen. Right? Yeah, but they'll get mad. Yeah, but did you hear the spirit of truth? The spirit of truth overrides their mad. Amen. Yeah, but they'll get upset. They'll have to get upset. The spirit of truth is what we listen to. Amen? And and we all want our children to have a good time. Listen, listen, I am the father of the three-year-old that when I pull into my garage, when I get back home, when I get to our house, she's going to come out and she's going to go, Poppy, and I love you, and then what'd you get me? (laughs) It's coming. Why does she need a gift? Because I went out of town. She's got to get something, right? It's the spirit of truth. That's how it is with three-year-old girls or 30-year-old girls. 
right? But, 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 but the point that I'm making is this. You don't need a reason to say no. You need a reason to say yes. Amen. I need to be led to say yes. I need the Holy Spirit to tell me to say yes. I don't need a reason to say no. I just need to know no. Am I helping you? Amen. Matthew 24. Oh, glory. Now, I've had people say, well, I can't tell them no, or, or I can't change this. Oh, yes, you can. If the Spirit of truth is telling you to, you can. Because to do something else is a violation of truth. And anything you do outside of truth will fail. Amen. Matthew 24 and verse 24. Notice this now. For there will arise false Christs and false prophets and show great signs and wonders. Insomuch if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. Now, I've heard this taught this way. Yeah, it's going to get so bad in the last days that even the elect will be deceived. It's not what it says. It's not what it says. In the King James, it says, if it were possible. Now, take care of that. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. The Woos Bible says, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and produce great attesting miracles, miracles that arouse amazement. So as to deceive, if that were possible, which it is not, even the chosen out ones. So what is this telling us? Notice, that great attesting miracles, miracles that arouse amazement, other things that you can see, feel, touch, are not the leading. Because those are what? False Christ and false prophets. And that's not talking about the tribulation period. It's talking about the last days. The days we're in right now. Amen. Said they would deceive the very elect. But he said, notice, it's not possible. The reason it's not possible is because the elect, the believers, have the spirit of truth. You know one reason I know beyond the shadow of a doubt? that the church is out of here before the Antichrist ever shows up because we'd know and we'd tell on him. That's important. That's important because there are believers that are acting like, you know, that the church is going to be here and the Antichrist is going to show up and there's nothing we can do about it. That's fallacy. That's a fairy tale. That's something grandma taught and they bought. The Bible says in the book of 2 Thessalonians that the church is what is restraining the appearance of the man of sin. And it said until the time that the church leaves, that that restrains will restrain and that which will let will let until they be taken out. Well, the day's coming when we're going to hear the voice of God and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and we're going to leave. The rapture is that supernatural event that nobody else sees, the church sees, the church is taken away in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and after that moment, things really begin to go downhill. Why does it have to happen afterwards? Because as long as we're here, the spirit of truth's in the earth. 
And the world cannot be deceived to the level that it's going to be deceived as long as the spirit of truth is here. Because these cameras, the television broadcasts, the CDs, the books, the messages are going out and infiltrating the earth with the truth. Glory be to God. Notice, if I listen to the spirit of truth, I cannot be deceived if I listen. If I listen. Well, pastor, there are people that I know that have been deceived. Well, me too, but they had to quit listening. They had to quit listening. You know, deception doesn't happen overnight, and it's not that easy. You have to quit listening to truth. It happens by stages. Little bit by little bit, you quit listening to truth. There's a guy that pastored a church not too far from here. Pastored a a wonderful, growing church, a, a, a large church. And he made the statement one time. He made the statement that the Lord told him as long as he preached faith, his church would grow. That's what he said. And man, that church grew. And he had, he had, he, listen, he had all of, if you want to call them big names, he had all the people there, Joyce Meyer, R.W. Shambach, everybody that we had great, that we have great respect for. And, and here's the thing, man, that church was growing. He started, he started listening to something. He started thinking that his theology wasn't deep enough. That's what he said. I started thinking, my theology is kind of thin. Hmm. Well, where did he hear that from? Who said that to him? Another voice. What did he have to do? Oh, come on, y'all with me? Is this all right? Hope so, I don't have nothing else. Amen. (laughs) Right? No, he started listening to it. And you know what he did? He started changing what he believed. He, he started teaching it might not be God's will to heal all the time. Right? That faith wasn't important, as important as we think. Well, what started happening? Man, his, his church fell apart. What did God tell him? What did the Spirit of truth say? As long as you preach and teach faith, your church will grow. Right? I have people, they'll, they'll say, Pastor, I listened to a tape that you made 20 years ago, and you're preaching the same thing today that you taught 20 years ago. Thank God. Amen. Why? The Spirit of truth doesn't change. He gives you other insights and other revelation, but He doesn't change. I was listening to a, a, a message by my pastor from 1995 the other day, and he was saying things that I heard him say last year. Right. Verbatim, the same thing. Why? Truth doesn't change. Right? So you got to listen to deception to be deceived. But if you listen to truth, you won't be deceived. Well, Lord, I don't want to say that, but I will. That's that's why you got to watch what's going on in, in the world. Because if you listen to the deceiving voices, you will think that what's happening in many sectors of our nation is just a color thing. And it's not. It's a spirit of division. The enemy knows if he divides, 
He can hinder the rebirth of our nation. Now, you need, you need to understand what I'm saying here. Because, listen, because I, I pastor two very integrated congregations. You need to hear my heart when I say this. I am not telling you that there has not been injustice done in the African American community. I am not saying that. There has. There has been gross injustice. You say amen or oh me, it's so anyway. But you're not going to fix that by political means. You're only going to fix that through the blood of Jesus and the Word of God. That's the only way it can be fixed. The only way you can look at a person with a different skin color than you and not see it is that you see them through the blood of Jesus. It's the only way. And that's what the spirit of truth is saying. But the spirit of error and the spirit of deception and the spirit of division will demand you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. Ever whatever demands are placed on any people group, where does it stop? When is it finished? When is it enough? When do we finally say, okay, let's get rid of all this division and let's walk in truth and love? Amen. Amen. And we got people angry. I'm telling you. We got young men and young women today that are angry. And in some areas it's justifiable anger. But we're not going to give them the answer to their anger by a political system. We're not going to fix the problem by defunding the police departments. We're not going to fix the problem by having no rule of law. That will, that, will, that will cause the problem to grow bigger. we got to hear the truth. And the truth is, Paul said when he was in Athens, and he said, I looked at the city, and my heart was troubled within me because I saw the whole city wholly given to idolatry. And he said, I told these people, I passed by a, an altar that you had made to the unknown God. He said, it's him that I preach, who of one blood has made all men on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. You and me, we're the same. I don't care what, I don't even use the word race, I don't care what ethnicity or nationality you are, or what country you came from, or what country of origin you're from, we're the same. We're, We're the same, we're the same, we're the same. Especially if we're born again, we're the same. You're not a black believer and a white believer. You're a believer. You're not a female believer or a male believer. You're a believer. You say, who says that? The spirit of truth. That's truth. Hallelujah. That's why you're my brother and my sister. Because we're of the same family. Because spiritually we have the same Father God. Spiritually we have the same brother Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. And even on a natural level, we have the same Father and the same Mother. And you can't be out of my family if we got the same mom and dad. I may not like you, but you're my brother. Now, you know, I like everybody, but you understand what I mean? Truth. we got to have truth. You can't politicize something. Amen. 
And well, if we can get rid of him and get him in or get rid of her and get her in, then we can fix the problem. How many years are we going to buy that lie? I live in two very beautiful cities. Amen. I, I, I love, I love, I love uh, uh, right here in Johnson County. I love it. I love Little Rock. But I've noticed something. Every year, people of different ethnicities think if I can just get the right guy or right woman in there, and it usually has to do if it's, if it's my gender or my skin color, then we'll change everything. But what if the person with your same skin color doesn't know any more than anybody else? What are they going to fix? What if the person of your same gender gets in there and they don't, they don't know any more than, than anybody else? You can't fix it. The spirit of truth has to come in. The church has to take our authority and take our place and change things in the heavenlies. God hates what's going on. God hates division. The enemy is the author of confusion. And we have people on both sides of the spectrum that are confused. And when the confusion leaves, when does confusion leave? When truth shows up. Right? When truth shows up. I just want to remind everybody in here, the greatest civil change that ever occurred in our nation occurred in an atmosphere of nonviolence. Amen. You study it. What did Dr. King preach? What did he preach? Nonviolence. We're going to go into that city and we're going to march and they're not going to like it. And the violence was exacted against the, the, the marchers, but they, they did not engage in violence. Did not. And the greatest social change we ever saw came on this nation. Because you can think what you want, and I'm just going to say it flat out. You can think what you want. We did not just have a civil rights leader leading that movement. We had a man of God leading that movement. Amen. And of all the statues you can see in Washington, D.C., there's only one dedicated to a preacher, and that's Martin Luther King, Jr. Amen. Amen. And so the, the, the issue is, violence isn't going to fix it. Placating people's not going to fix it. Here, we'll give you a little bit of what you want, now just shut up and go away. That's not going to fix it. And that's what politicians are guilty of. Black and white politicians. Let's just, let's just, I don't, the Lord brought me here and now He's got me in trouble probably. Let's just give a little legislation and, and we'll do this and we'll give you this little bit of rope and we'll give you this and we'll give you that. But nothing gets changed. Amen. If I wasn't a white man, I would be mad that people keep giving me a little plate of something and act like I should just be satisfied with it. Right. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. 
Are you following me? We've got to change it. And the only way it's going to change, and you can feel the oppression in the air, you can feel it in the atmosphere. When you go to the store, you can hear, feel it. And it's not because of a virus. It's because of a spiritual presence that's in the earth in the season that we're living in. And it's called the deception and the doctrine of devils. What's being preached is a divisive issue that's being proclaimed and the devil's trying to divide us but I'm telling you in the name of Jesus by the spirit of truth we're coming together we're coming together and we're going to see an awakening and we're going to see an awakening in white folks and black folks and Hispanic folks the Bible says that in the last days they will flow into the church from every nation and it will be the most important place on the face of the earth Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So if you notice, with the spirit of truth, I can't be deceived. But I've got to know the spirit of truth. Let me end with this. John 18. This is so important. Now, y'all know me. I'm not, I don't politicize things. I don't believe that the pulpit should be used to politicize things. It's for the Word of God. But at the same time, we can't just sit back and just act like everything's going to blow over. There are people that are hurting. There are people in the world today that don't like me, and they don't like me because of the color of my skin. And I don't have a choice. There are people that have the color of my skin and they don't like people of a darker color. And they don't even know why. They don't even know why. That's how absurd it is. That's how demonic prejudice and, and, and if we want to use the word, racist activity is. It makes no sense. But yet people buy into it. Well, we can change it. I believe we can change it. John 18 and verse 37. Pilate said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness, notice, unto the truth. Everyone that's of the truth hears my voice. I want to read you one of the saddest statements in the Bible. Pilate said to him, What is truth? What is truth? Notice, everyone that's of the truth hears me. Pilate's response, what is truth? Without the spirit of truth, I can't determine truth. I can't determine it. And if I can't determine truth, I have no hope. If I don't know what's right and what's wrong, I have no hope. If I don't know truth, I have no hope. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. In 1 John 5 and 6, John says something else in his uh, epistle. It won't take very long. You're not docking me, are you? 1 John 5 and 6. This is He that came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. 
And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. The Spirit is constantly bearing witness to the truth. That Jesus came by water and blood. When you study the Word, the Spirit will bear witness that what you're seeing, what you're hearing is truth. In uh, chapter 4 there of 1 John, verse 4. Now we very often we quote this verse, and we should, it's not wrong. But we quote this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, speak they of the world. And the world hears them. We, on the other hand, are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God doesn't hear us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do you see that? So they are of the world. Now, he quoted, you are of God, little children. Why did he tell us that from the very beginning? That's that's who you're of. That's the substance. That's your makeup. That's your DNA. You are of God. And have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But notice the next verse. They are of the world. I hear people, what's wrong with the world? Why don't they think right? Because they're not of God. You can't know truth if you're not of God. Because if you're not of God, the spirit of truth has no right to talk to you. And therefore, they speak of the world. And what happens? The world hears them. So you have people that are speaking things that are worldly, things that are ungodly, things that are wrong, and the world hears them. But they're not hearing us. Why are they not hearing us? Because we're speaking the spirit of truth, and they can't hear truth because they're of the world. And that's why Paul said we had to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that the blinding of their minds would be removed, that we should pray that they would be turned from the power of Satan to God and from darkness to light and be granted repentance. Isn't it amazing how when you got born again, your whole life changed? I had a guy one time that came to church for a number of years, and they're still good friends of mine. And uh, his wife had seen us at an event, and uh, uh, they just happened to be uh, a black couple. And uh, she said, uh, I want to go out to Pastor Steele's church out in DeSoto. And, and uh, he looked at her and said, why would I drive all that way to hear a white man? That's what he said. You all remember Charles Williams, Charles and Cynthia? You sat right here for years. And... Uh, uh, she, so finally she said, well, Mother's Day is coming up. He said, what do you want for Mother's Day? She said, to go to his church. He said, oh, surely you want something else. She said, no, that's it. So, you know, if mom isn't happy, nobody's happy. So they came to church. Man, the Holy Ghost got a hold of him. And you heard his testimony right here. He said, I would have never in all my days thought I would be coming to a church where there was a white man pastoring. Now, he was born again and full of the Holy Ghost and a good man. But there was a lie there that had taken root. If you look at me 
and you see a white man who's your pastor, you're seeing wrong. I'm your pastor. That's the truth. The world doesn't hear that. Right? The world doesn't hear that. We hear it. We hear it. Let me finish with this. The way you know the spirit of error is they don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. When you start telling somebody truth and they don't want to hear it, they're in the spirit of error. The spirit of truth will show me and expose the spirit of error. It's really that, it's really that simple. Amen. Years ago, my pastor told me something. He said, we were, we were having lunch, the four of us, and he said to me, he said, you have to pastor supernaturally. Now, I knew that to an extent, but I endeavored from that day forward to do it even more. You pastor supernaturally by being led by the Spirit and hearing the Spirit of truth. Right. Say it out loud. Just raise one hand to the Lord. Say, Father, I thank you that the Spirit of truth resides in me. And I cannot be deceived. Would you bow your heads this morning?